1: for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, and welcome to Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. I'm your host, Tom Masters, and our guest today is Pam Worth. She's a management consultant, author, and health enthusiast. She is principal of Strategic Growth Advisory, consulting for startups to public companies. She's also the founder of Hello Health, which creates doctor-formulated supplements. She's dedicated to nutrition, education, and building a network to help people heal. Welcome.
2: Thanks, Tom. Um, Pam, um, welcome to the show. And so I met Pam about a month ago or so um, with a sort of common interest. And she caught my attention that she has written a book called, what's the name of the book, Pam? I'm embarrassed. I don't remember the name of the book.
1: It's all right. It's called Hello Health. And we're currently in the the midst of rewriting it and republishing it.
2: Okay. So it has been published though?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: So Pam has a very interesting story and a compelling story. And that's what we're going to learn about in this first podcast is her story about how she came to her current awareness. Um, But she's had a lot of business experience. She's a principal of a strategic growth advisory consulting for, for starting public companies. She's founded Hello Health, which is a doctor formulated supplements deal with neurodiversity diagnosis. And her son became ill, basically an autoimmune disorder, which is challenging. And he was how old when he got sick, Pam?
1: About five and a half.
2: Five and a half. And what happened? I mean, what was the story?
1: Yeah, no, thanks for asking. Um, It's a it's a pleasure to be here. So uh, it it really felt like it was overnight. Um, He uh, five and a half years old. You know, uh, it was we had just come back from Christmas break. It was beginning of January. Um, he, you know, like anything, he he was in kindergarten, he came home with a cold, didn't feel well, had a fever for it lasted for a couple of days. It went away. Um, I ended up catching the same thing. It put me in bed for a day. Um, but then, you know, time just kind of moves on. And then within two to three weeks after that, a really weird series of things started happening. And so he started, um, washing his hands constantly, only coming and going, um, in certain patterns in certain ways, um, eyes were becoming more and more dilated and they wouldn't go down. Um, uh, was sleeping a lot, 12, 14 hours a day, which was highly unusual for him. Um, he became very agitated, uh, very sad, um, very depressed, very anxious. Um, would, he had a tick in his eyes, his eyes would kind of flitter. Um, he would get a shoulder shrug and a neck turn repeatedly. So, um, we started taking him to the pediatrician um, and the pediatrician says, Hey, you know, uh, kids will be kids and sent them back home. So then I was like, no, this isn't cool. So then we found a different pediatrician, the same practice. And then oh, so that
2: was an initial evaluation that this is just sort of a passing thing.
1: Yep, Yeah. So, so you then- just
2: described actually six significant symptoms. So that's interesting starting points. So anyway, keep going.
1: Yeah. Um, the next uh, the next visit Uh, that pediatrician said he had allergies and, uh, told us to put him on some Claritin and sent him home. Uh, that didn't feel right. Um,
2: still no blood test or anything like that at this point.
1: No. Anyway, it, it wasn't until, um, we got really, really scared when, uh, I think it was the fourth or fifth visit different pediatrician says he's now autistic. you got to take care of him the rest of his life because at this point, you know, it's two or three months. He's baby talking, he's crawling. Um, I mean, super scary. And um, so at this point, I'm a problem solver by my profession. So I'm like, all right, so nobody's got a problem to solve. And so I just really zero in. And if if it's affecting his eyes and his speech and the way he um, walks, you know, it's it's got to be in the brain, right? So I ended up finding a neurologist who was educated at UCLA from Asia. I've lived in both Europe and Asia and recognized the fact that healthcare is a bit different, looked at differently, and um, was excited to get in with her. That, that really took a lot, of, a, a lot of work to get in. Uh, first thing she said was, let's pull some blood work and find out what's going on. And I was like, okay, well, now, now we're doing something. Um,
2: the can, blood can, work- I, can I stop you just for a second? So yeah. at this point, he reverted from a normal five and a half year old to crawling and baby talking yep. and still yep. no workup? No workup. Okay, got it.
1: So the first learning lesson is how important it is to get blood work. <laughs> uh,
2: well, I just, thing- ha- I, just to, I just, I try not to rant too much on this show, but I mean, the trouble is all of us in medicine are moving so fast that we actually don't take the time to figure out what's going on. And the problem is we can get away with it to some degree because probably 95% of symptoms come and go, but the symptoms that end up being more serious look the same as the simple symptoms initially. Mm -hmm. And so to actually stop and say, well, this is a pretty big change and actually take the time to actually figure things out in medicine. We're just moving really fast.
1: Yeah, no, we're definitely treating symptoms when we're not asking why, why those symptoms are happening to begin. Right. So um, at this point, you know, the blood work comes back, he's low in vitamin D3, low in vitamin B12, has a genetic marker MTHFR, which um, this is ten years ago at this point, and a lot of the doctors said, "Well, that's pretty controversial." And I said, "It's not controversial enough to be now recognized by the NIH." So I think there's something to all this, and we have to take a look at it. Um, and then he was uh, at he was um, he had um, CMV, which is a common you know virus in school age kids, and then he had high strep titers, suggesting an active strep infection, even though he was negative for strep throat. So. It was kind of new news to me that you can have an active, you know, really nasty strep infection without it presenting in your throat. So that's kind of scary. Um, and the way the doctor described it is, look, I've seen this before. The infection has crossed the blood brain barrier because his immune system's not working properly. I'm going to teach you how to make supplements at home. You're going to have to remove gluten and sugar from his diet because it's, it's messing up his gut. And 10 years ago, that's kind of a wild thing to hear and say. And uh, she said, it's going to take me about a year to fix them, but I can cure him. And she said, are you on board? And I said, yeah. And she said, it's going to be a hard year. And I said, okay, let's do this. So sure enough, it was a hard year, but we got through it and he popped back and he hasn't left us since. Um, I oh, sorry.
2: So, so, so what you did to the year, you changed diet dramatically. Yep. So and what, al- what else did diet. you do?
1: And then started making supplements at home that, that would fix his gut.
2: So you mostly, on, you mostly worked on, on the gut brain axis then?
1: exactly and that was that was and that's still relatively new news that when you fix your gut you're fixing your brain
2: right i mean there's so it's interesting because because between the gut and the body there's a barrier of course you don't want bacteria getting into your bloodstream of course the brain has a blood brain barrier yeah but interesting enough 95 percent of for instance serotonin which is a major neurotransmitter in the brain is actually manufactured in the gut
1: yeah yeah, so and if so, you have a healthy gut, you don't feel all depressed and anxious. By the way, well, I'm sorry. If you have a healthy gut, you're you're not feeling really depressed and anxious,
2: right? So the gut the, the gut factor is a huge factor in your mood. Your I mean, serotonin is a basic mood elevator, and the gut makes 95 percent of the serotonin. It's unbelievable. I I you know again, to, I'm embarrassed as a physician, um, as a surgeon, we sort of ignored the gut. People talk about the gut brain axis. We're going yeah, whatever. But when you talk about, when I remember about five years ago, I heard the comment that 95% of serotonin is manufactured in the gut. I go, oh, okay. So interesting. So you said it took about a year of supplements and cutting back on sugars, you said?
1: Yeah. Let me also take a sidestep for a second. And the pediatrician that owned the practice that we had been going to had called the area children's hospital and had the head of neurology call me and tell me what a terrible person I was and that he should call CPS on me. Um, Yeah. This guy went to Harvard. He swore he knew everything there was to know about children. He has since called and apologized, by the way. Um, It is incredibly scary to go through things like this. And you've got to continue to trust yourself as you move through this, because you're going to hit some major barriers along the way that are just going to make you feel terrible as you're trying to and get to the bottom of what's going on with your health. So,
2: so let me get this straight. So it was a contention. You said it was a neurologist that called you.
1: The head of neurology at the children's hospital. Yeah. Had, yeah. had said it was terrible that I was going down this road because nothing can actually break through the blood brain barrier. We now know that's not true. And I told him on the phone, I, I said, look, if, if I feed my kid a bunch of sugar in number five, he acts crazy. So you can't tell me that food doesn't impact brain.
2: So, well, I mean, with the blood brain barrier, a lot of things, of course, get through to the brain. I mean, it's not like it's like not like a wall. I mean, certain things get through, certain things don't. Plus, the lymph system, which is inflammatory, has a direct channel to the brain. And so basically, there's now arguments that the brain is actually part of the immune system. Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. So. So, okay. So you say in one year, he went back to normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's he's now a thriving teenager, straight A student, elite athlete.
2: And no not even any residuals at all?
1: No. No. Okay.
2: So I I do want to go on a little bit more into um, so first of all, one of the reasons I'm talking to you this part of the story, first of all, it's a compelling story that you were able to help heal your son. So just for discussion's sake, what if you hadn't taken control like that?
1: So the other side that they wanted me to follow was putting a port in him in his chest and pumping IgG into him or IVIG, which is really, you know, lots and lots of IgG from other people, because that would be covered by insurance. It would be $15,000 a hit. Some of it would be covered. Some of it wouldn't. Um, And every family I had talked to and interviewed, it was not a permanent fix. They had to do it every so many months and so in my mind that seems like a terrible thing to do to a child right. report in them and potentially open up another infection source
2: right so, so how soon um so okay that's interesting. so just for the uh, audience's sake what IgG is It's an antibody and you're trying to go after the um parts of the body that the body's reacting to so it's, it's an audit it's an immune treatment so Basically, the bottom line is he had it so for some reason, basically, probably in reaction to the strep infection, he, had, he ended up with a really huge autoimmune reaction,
1: yes. And it, it affects, I mean, autoimmune infects different people different ways and with different triggers, right? In his case, he was susceptible to it attacking his brain, and so that's what happened, right? Um, and the way the doctor had described it to me, the one that was trying to talk me into the IVIG, was the IgG goes into the system. It's a foreign invader. It kills off all of your IgG. And it's basically like turning the computer on and off again. Um, but you're still not getting to the root of what's causing the problem. And so the problem still is in there.
2: Right. So once you started the, um, so can you, um, well, I, let, I want to talk in the second podcast about what you're bringing out to the world as far as sort of the structured approach to it. But with your son, that one year, um, I'm just curious how it went. You started with a certain set of dietary changes
1: yeah which was hard uh, me, just, what yeah. were
2: some of the first things that you did and how quickly he responded
1: yeah um we got rid of we got rid of gluten and we got rid of sugar and that's no easy task in what's now a six-year-old right um, and you're having to talk to the teachers and all the other parents that are now bringing you know donuts into the classroom and everything else and trying to constantly negotiate with the child please don't eat all this crap that's coming through um, right. well, birthday parties, you know, yeah. and trying to negotiate. And then people started to feel sorry for the child because they're like, well, you're being really mean to him by not letting him have that. And then it's like, no, it's not mean. Like I'm, you're, you're the one that's not necessarily. And then I had a whole nother layer of people thinking, well, your son's acting really weird. He's, he must be contagious or, you know, yeah. he's gonna, you know, negatively impact my children. It was just a horrible, horrible, weird time.
2: Wow. <clears throat> so, but you did it. Mm-hmm. So you get rid of sugar, you get rid of gluten. Those are big ones you write for kids. And you started with some, so what did you do with the gut, with the gut um, treatment?
1: So here's the thing. She says, look, we have to clean up the gut. And there's about 15 probiotics he has to be getting on a daily basis. And I said, okay. And so she says, so we're going to go on a shopping trip and we're going to find supplements with these 15. And so we, we put these together and started giving that to him. She said, he has to take a daily methylfolate because he has MTHFR. And I said, well, what is MTHFR? And she said, look, about half the population has it. Don't feel weird or bad about it. It is what it is. And if you have it, you can't have folic acids. You have to remove everything in your diet that has folic acid. And I said, why? And she said, because it basically acts as a barrier to absorbing vitamins and minerals. So even if you are eating correctly, you're basically still not, you're nutritionally charred, uh, uh, starved. And she said, so by taking the methylfolate, when you put the stuff in your body, it'll start to, you know, give your body the nutrients it needs to heal. So we had the methylfolate, we had the different probiotics, vitamin D3, she said, is incredibly important for him now and in the future because he has MTHFR. She said, he's always going to have a low D3 level um, just because of the genetic mutation. He always needs supplement. Even living in Arizona, you just don't get enough through the sun. Right same thing vitamin b12 so not everybody can take a lot of b12 but for him in particular with his genetic makeup he needs a lot of b12 um so he gets it
2: so he actually took 15 different probiotics
1: yep so we put those all together um and then on the other side when you're putting the good stuff in she said we have to start cleaning his gut out and i said what does that mean And she said, he needs oregano on a daily basis. And I said, okay. And she goes, and I'm not talking the kind you sprinkle on your food. She said, a high dose of oregano needs to go into his system to properly detox. And that kills the bacteria in his gut. Same thing with olive leaf extract. It kills the viruses. Cinnamon kills the fungus. Um, Turmeric and Boswellia, which is also known as frankincense, really, really important from an anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, antibacterial, and antiviral properties. Um... And she said, omegas are really important, whether you go vegan or fish, uh, it's just really, really important for the brain. Um, and so that, that was really the, the gist of it. The kind of interesting part of all this too, was I went back to my OBGYN and I said, Hey, you know, I've got two boys, one with an autoimmune disorder, one with really bad ADD. The more and more I research, I never should have had multivitamins with Uh, high with high levels of folic acid because I have MTHFR. I'm I'm the one that passed it on to to my monkeys. And uh she said, well, you know, it's kind of controversial, not necessarily followed, and it kept you from miscarrying, right? And I said, yeah, but you caused different damage in my unborn children that we could have mitigated had I had multivitamins with methylfolate, not folic acid. Because I went back and I checked the multivitamins she had me on. I still had the stuff. And, um, so anyway, she got kind of mad at me, but um it may or may not have made a difference, but hopefully it did. I'm
2: oh, sorry, is she got angry at you for this whole process. Oh, yeah, <clears throat> so one final quick thing if we move on is that you said half the population has this enzyme deficiency yes, that's a lot it's
1: not yeah, it's just not tested, it needs to be tested.
2: wow, okay. So how soon after you started the, um, the process, did you start seeing changes for the positive?
1: So when we changed the, the diet, uh, we saw, I'd, I'd say more minor changes, but it was an improvement over six to eight weeks. Um, it was really when we started the probiotics and the turmeric, oregano, olive leaf extract, Boswellia. Um, that within two weeks of putting those into place that we started to see a major, major, major
2: improvement. And the improvement looked, how did the improvement look like? What was the improvement you noticed?
1: Ticks, ticks went away.
2: Okay. Um,
1: Hand washing went away. Okay. Um, Eyes were not dilated anymore. So basically when you take a look back on it, his brain was starting to heal.
2: Right. I mean, this brings up some really critical points. That's the essence of the process I've put out there. And as a surgeon, it's been incredibly enlightening and humbling to realize that most, if over 90% of the symptoms in the body are based on your body's physiology, not structure. And when I say physiology is how the body functions, for instance, a parked car doesn't have any symptoms. You have to turn the car on before it has symptoms or not. And the human body, if things aren't balanced correctly, There's a diagnosis right now in medicine, which is just deadly called medically unexplained symptoms, which means you have symptoms not too dissimilar to your son. You go to the doctor, they do all these tests, and nothing structurally is wrong. They say, well, there's nothing really wrong. We call it a medically unexplained symptom and have a good life. Well, it's deadly because it takes away hope. It means, okay, you have these bad symptoms, you're suffering. and We we can't tell you really what's going on, and we'll just do the best we can to manage it. And we also know that lack of hope is actually inflammatory. So my contention is there is absolutely something wrong. So when your body's physiology is inflamed and on fire, your whole body's consumed. So in a way, everything's wrong. So that's where personal equipment, surgical practice to try to say, look, we're doing a spine surgery on inflammation. And the success rates about 20%, not even a placebo response. So you point out really clearly there's there's a bunch of ways of dropping inflammation. Diet's a really critical part of it. There's of other things you can do to actually calm down the um, physiological response. But yeah, just diet and learning how to relax, learn how to change your physiology has a dramatic effect on people's symptoms, particularly with autoimmune symptoms. And
1: In in addition to the diet and the nutrition is what I call it, um, we also started him on meditation. Um, and so it was really important, um, for him to visualize that white light coming through and cleansing his body. Um, and so we did that regularly. Um, and then we also uh, went to a family psychologist because it not only impacted him, but it impacted you know me, my husband, right. and 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 his brother. His brother was feeling really weird about stuff too, like what are germs? How are they affecting me and my family? And da da da. So uh, that was a pretty important um, piece for us as well.
2: Right. And with the psychologist, what was the contribution from the psychologist? What was it sort of just reassurance or talk therapy? Or what kind of psychology was it?
1: You know, it's interesting. Uh, we picked a psychologist that used to work in a children's hospital. So used right. to understand how to talk people through, how to visualize and feel better, um, was also understanding family trauma through illness. And uh, she consequently had a child uh, that went through a similar experience as us. We didn't know that at the time when we found her. But after we started to go through this, she said, oh, yeah, my son is now fine. Um, and we went through similar issues when he was, I think it was nine or ten. But that was wild.
2: So, um, after he got healed, it, it took about a year. He went pretty much back to normal. Um, did he, was he able to maintain? does he still maintain the diet? that He, you had? Um,
1: he really will not touch sugar. He, he doesn't remember a lot from then, which I'm actually kind of thankful about. He helped, he helped me edit the book when I wrote it.
2: Okay. Um,
1: and as he was reading it, he goes, wow, did that happen? Did that happen? And I said, yeah, you don't remember that. And he said, no. And I said, no, oh, that's good. I'm glad you don't. Um, but uh, he will not touch sugar. Um, he'll do little its and bits here and there. He'll do like a little bite, but he just remembers how bad he felt, and, and he still attributes that to the to sugar. So,
2: um, do you think if he had sugar now, he probably probably would react to it?
1: I think little bits here and there are fine, but I I don't think his system is meant to take a lot of a lot of sugar.
2: And what about the? Does he still on probiotics, or, or is he able to oh, come yeah. off those? Oh, He's yeah. still on them. Oh yeah okay yeah so um the main the the main thing i really of course i think there's many parts of this story that are incredibly enlightening but the number one thing that i've said for a long time is that with chronic disease in general we have a study group that's actually just been digging into the literature this is not new news that there is a common link for all chronic disease both mental and physical clear at the genomic clear the genome of the dna also the uh, mitochondria inflammatory response so they manifest in different symptoms and as most of you know that i had 17 of these symptoms at the same time um and they're all gone i'm fine i mean now my wife might argue whether i'm fine or not but i think i'm fine but those those symptoms are gone and so as you learn how to calm down your body's physiology people heal so pam thank you very much for telling us the stories compelling so the message i'm going to suggest that you have is don't you have to trust yourself. You have to take control of your own care. Yeah. It's, it's well, fear.
1: that fear because it's scary.
2: Right. And the other thing is right now people, and I don't blame them. I mean, you're, we're all trained to trust our doctors and the doctors are trustworthy, except with the business of medicine right now, we're not really allowed to talk to our patients. So how do we solve anything if we don't know the nature of the problem? That's a huge issue right now. And right now the burden of con chronic disease is going through the roof, but we're not talking to our patients to learn the situation to help calm them down. We just don't talk. So again, it's pretty stunning to me, even, I don't know if you have symptoms like that. I mean, in, in the middle of a busy practice, you always have that little thing in the back of your head goes, okay, there's something wrong here, but you have to stop. And when symptoms are a little bit different than the norm, you've got to stop and actually find out what's going on. So huge. Um, congratulations to you for taking charge and I applaud your efforts It's phenomenal. And how do we, um, I know you wrote a book called hello health. You said that's on Amazon right now.
1: Yes. Yeah. And then the company is hello health. Uh, the the website is www.hello.health. And, uh, what we're trying to do is, is, uh, speak with different doctors and practitioners and find different research and education and just really help, um, help the community.
2: So this is your main effort now is the, 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 hello, hello health company. Yeah. So, well, I'm excited that your son is doing well. and I know you are too, of course. And it's going to be nothing worse than having a six-year-old kid just all of a sudden disappear on you. So the fact that you're bringing him back into um, a normal existence is absolutely phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you,
1: Mom.
0: I'd like to thank our guest, Pam Worth, for being on the show today and for sharing the story of how she helped her five-and-a-half-year-old son heal from a condition triggered by an intense autoimmune reaction using supplementation and a change in diet. I'm your host, Tom Masters, reminding you to be back next week for another episode of Back in Control Radio with Dr. David Hanscom. And in the meantime, be sure to visit the website at www.backincontrol.com.
1: Thanks for listening today and join us next week for Back in Control Radio.